Welcome to Southside Community Church. Enjoy our Sunday morning message. So I'm not, a, I'm not offended if you need to be doing something while I'm preaching. All right, so we're going to embrace this morning a little bit extra white noise. There's probably going to be that, so just... Um, you know, it's nice, it is nice every now and again to have everybody together in the service. Um, so it's nice to have most of us this morning. So, well, it was Sunday, November 11, 2018, and I was standing in the middle of a conference room at the Best Western in downtown Worcester. And we were, we were watching, I was watching everybody moving these large boxes, these crates on wheels around. I was watching people, I think Lally was setting up the, the screen. There's a group of people setting up the screen um, so that we could, we could have words so that people could sing along with us when we sang. It was, uh, we, were, we were putting chairs and rows together and experimenting with how could we set this room up in a way that looks, that feels comfortable that can, but can fit a lot of people. Um, we were testing the microphones, the wireless mics, and these things, and we were just kind of playing with the room and putting everything together. We had people in the kids' ministry room, which was, which was a, the bar at the Best Western, and we were like, what do we do with the Budweiser signs, and how do we like, cover those up or take those down or just leave them up? What do we do with that? And we were setting up kids' ministry spaces, and it was really, really fun. It was it was the week before our official launch, which was November 18th, so it was November 11. And then afterwards, we all, after we set everything up like we liked it, it went smoothly, we had confidence that we could do that, we all gathered in the kids' ministry bar, and uh, Alex Caseri uh, led us in communion, and we had communion together. And these people had been together for months preparing for what was to be the launch of Southside Community Church the very next Sunday. It was a soft launch. So in church planting, a lot of times they say you take the week before the hard launch, which is when it goes public, and you do a soft launch just with your leaders, with your, with your teams, and you have communion, and you have a message together, and you set everything up just as though it's the hard launch. But it's a soft launch because there's no pressure. It's okay if the sound doesn't work at first. It's okay if you don't like the room arrangements. You can move it around. It's a, it's a soft launch. And what I want to propose today for this Christmas Eve morning service is that the birth of Jesus was a soft launch of God's kingdom overlapping heaven and earth. Now, if you uh, would like to follow along, we do do fill in the blanks just because it, it helps me um, it gives me some time to look at my notes and see what's next as you're writing. So we, we do have fill in the blanks, and we have sermon notes. You can grab those uh, anytime. And we have three ring binders in the back. And the reason why we have three ring binders is because we want to keep all of our sermon notes. And one of our real values as a church and the, as the shepherd team is praying through what does it look like to be a member committed to the good of the community as an individual, um, we, we really, really value personal ministry. And so we're putting together, each of us, these three ring binders and saving all our notes, and we're going to be using those for personal ministry. So if you don't have a binder, uh, you can grab one in the back after service. If you don't have 
sermon notes, you can raise your hand and maybe some will magically come to you and maybe they will not because I didn't tell the ushers ahead of time. The birth of Jesus was a soft launch overlapping heaven and earth. <clears throat> so the very beginning of time, we have the Garden of Eden, which, is a type of, which was a type of temple in that it's where, it's where earth and kind of heaven were together in a certain way where God was present with people, with humanity. And when, when we as humans rebelled through Adam and Eve, uh, it was ripped apart, and it was, it was, there was no place on earth that was actually this type of temple where it overlapped, heaven and earth overlapped. And the story of the Bible is God bringing the kingdom of heaven back to earth, to cover the earth. And the, the important moment that we're looking back to today as Advent is is a very crucial moment where it began, it began to overlap in a person, that is, in the birth of Jesus. So let's read how this soft launch of the kingdom, because it's not the hard launch yet, we'll get to that at the very end, but let's read how this soft launch of the kingdom of God actually started in Luke 1, 26-33. So you can follow along in your Bible, or we'll have the notes up front. Luke 1, 26-33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now, I do just want to pause one time and talk about that because that is significant. We're not going to get too much into it, but it's significant that Joseph was from the house of David. So if you look back at the beginning of Matthew, it starts with this genealogy, and it starts all the way back with Abraham, who God chose to make a covenant with this man Abraham in Genesis 12, and to, to, to bless the whole earth and multiply uh, his spiritual family to cover the whole earth. It began with Abraham, and then it goes 14 generations, and then another 14 generations. Um, but in there, in the second 14 generations, it begins with David. And David was a king, if you're not familiar with the Bible, he was a king of God's people, the Israelites. And the reason why it's important that our passage today says that Joseph was from the house of David, because we see at the very end of that genealogy, we see that Joseph was related to David. The reason that's important is because in 2 Samuel 7, hundreds of years before this was written, uh, David says to God, I want to make you a temple. And God says to David, I want to make you a house. In other words, that's great. That's fine. We're not going to get too much into David's desire to make God a temple. But God was saying by, I want to make you a house. Is, I want to make you a household of kings, essentially. And from your lineage, there will be a king who reigns forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So what we're learning here in Luke, the reason why it's important is that Joseph was from the house of David is because this is the fulfillment of that 
prediction, that prophecy that happened hundreds of years beforehand. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Jesus was to be the king whose kingdom would never end. So, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. As, as I'm reading the Bible, I'm looking down and I'm seeing Rudolph's nose and I'm wondering, like, are you guys taking me seriously? Is it, can you take me seriously with this? I, I'm trying to read the Bible and I'm looking at Rudolph's nose. It's just a very awkward thing for me, but I love it. All right, and the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So what I want to do is just unpack a little bit of the dynamics of this soft launch of the kingdom of God on earth by looking at three characters in this passage. So the first one in your notes you see is Gabriel. And we could say that very loosely, we could say that Gabriel represents heaven coming to earth. Gabriel represents heaven coming to earth. So let's talk really quick about angels. Angels are very interesting. They're not the main show in town. In fact, the Bible is very clear that we are not to worship angels. They are spiritual beings who are intelligent, and who are committed to God in his ways, who glorify God by serving him, by serving humanity, but we are not to worship him, not worship them. Now, there, is a, there was a faction at some point. We don't know a whole lot about this. Um, a lot of what I could say would just be speculation, but we do know that there was a faction of angels at some point that rebelled against God. And in the same way that there's an archangel named Michael, there is kind of an archdemon named Satan. And it seems like Satan led this rebellion and leads their continued efforts to contaminate humanity, to harass humanity. So these angels that rebelled against God these foul spirits, these demons, they now see it as their job to harass, to create factions between humans and God, to create factions between humans and one another, to create um, distrust, um, to accuse us, uh, to make us um, believe wrong things about God's character. They're, they're still very much involved on earth in people's lives uh, harassing. So those are bad angels, very bad, bad angels. Those aren't the ones we're talking about. Uh, the majority of angels are good angels created by God. 
very much still involved in our lives as followers of Jesus. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's a, there's a story of a man named Jacob, and he's, he has this like vision of this stairway that goes all the way to heaven, and there's angels going up and down on this stairway. And, and one of the things that God is communicating to Jacob through that is, like, you know, you've, your whole life, you've taken responsibility for your life, and you've, you've been sneaky, and you've tried different things because you, you have this idea of this plan for your life, and you're trying to make it happen. And what I want you to see is that I'm the sovereign king, the angels serve me, and what I ordain will happen. You don't have to try to take your life into your own hands. It will happen. There are spiritual beings or heavenly beings behind the scene that will assure that the plan for your life will be carried out. Um, the same thing is true for us today. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? I think actually that that verse means what it says, that there are indeed still angels working on behalf of God's people, serving God by serving us. So in today's passage, we're actually given the name of an angel, Gabriel. Gabriel means God is my strength. He's mentioned four times in the Bible, all very crucial times, twice in Daniel. One is Daniel's in the Old Testament, he has a vision that's kind of hard to understand, and God sends Gabriel to, like, you need to go help Daniel understand that. So Daniel goes to, the, or Gabriel goes to Daniel and says, uh, I'm going to give you some insight and understanding on that. It was a very crucial moment. I'm not going to get sidetracked into that, but that's the first time that Gabriel appears, that he's named explicitly. The other two times are actually in this chapter, in Luke 1. Earlier in this chapter, um, Zechariah, who was a priest, was at the temple burning incense, which is a really big deal. This was probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing for a priest, to actually be in the temple burning incense for God. It was the, probably the most important day of his life, uh, his vocational career as a priest. It was a huge day. And not only did he get to burn incense in the temple, he looked to the right and he saw Michael, or Gabriel, excuse me. He saw Gabriel. The angel appears to him and he says, I've got really good news. You and Elizabeth are going to have a kid. And he's going to play a pretty significant role in God's work on earth. And Zechariah says, how can this be? How, how do I know this is going to happen? Like, I'm pretty old. My wife is pretty old. We've never had kids. And the angel says, I am Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to tell you this. And since you didn't believe me, you're not going to be able to talk for a while. But when, Zach, when Zechariah heard that it was Gabriel, it assuredly got his attention. Because Zechariah would have known the Old Testament very well. And he would have equated this, this to a very important moment. Gabriel had a busy season because then he shows up in today's passage. And he delivers the most important news he'll ever deliver. We're going to read it again. Here's what he says to Mary. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Heaven and earth are beginning to overlap in a person. God is bringing his eternal reign. He's soft launching his eternal reign on earth in that moment. In, in the Bible, the kingdom is used both to describe realm and reign. Uh, reign. The realm is the territory, the breadth of your rule. The reign is the, the quality and the depth of your rule. And God is saying, right now, my reign is completely in heaven. Everything that I want done is done in heaven. This is the moment that his reign begins to spread into the realm of earth. So if Gabriel represents heaven coming to earth, we could say, and again we're saying this very loosely, that Mary, number two, Mary represents earth receiving from heaven. So Gabriel goes to a very ordinary place in the world, Nazareth. There's a lot to be said about this. In fact, there's a lot to be said about a lot of things in this passage. And, and I would encourage you just to study, read it on your own, uh, get a Bible with some good study notes, because there's a lot in here. But Gabriel goes to this very ordinary place, Nazareth, to a very ordinary teenage girl, probably was about 15 years old or so, who was betrothed to Joseph, which is which is stronger than just being engaged today because it required a divorce if there was going to be a separation. But um, they had not consummated the marriage yet. So it wasn't quite married, but it also wasn't quite just engaged as we think of it. So Gabriel goes to this girl and says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. This is sometimes misinterpreted. Um, you know the Hail Mary, uh, full of grace, the Ave Maria, that's the, um, that's the Latin. It's when, they say, when, when someone says full of grace, Hail Mary, full of grace, it gives the wrong impression that Mary is actually a dispenser of grace. Like she's able, she herself, in and of herself, is full of grace and is able to give that to other people. Where, where some of you in this room know that the original language for the favored one is, means having been graced. In other words, she's not the dispenser of grace, she's the receiver of grace. There's nothing about Mary that makes her inherently any more special than other, any other human being other than God in a particular way gave her grace that enabled her to have the capacity to be the earthly mother of the Son of God. Mary does not dispense grace. She receives it from God. She's not the hero of this passage. God is. And one of the lessons for us in this that I think is kind of an aside but also very important that we bring it to the surface here is that seemingly 
significant people can carry out cosmically scaled assignments. If you are a part of God's kingdom, and his kingdom is unique because it's a kingdom family, and the king is not just a ruler but a shepherd who's committed himself to care for us, if you are part of God's kingdom family, you have been given an incredibly important assignment. Every one of us. Now, not all of our assignments are equally scaled, but all of our assignments are equally important. And the way that God has designed his body, the church, to exist is to give everybody spiritual gifts to be used to make the community of believers more vibrant and strong. Every gift doesn't look the same. Every gift isn't scaled the same. But every gift is just as important. Mary is given this incredibly important ministry of being the mother of Jesus, of raising the Son of God. So if Gabriel represents heaven coming to earth and Mary represents earth receiving from heaven, finally, three, Jesus is, anybody want to guess? What do you think it is? Ah. All right, Kellen. <laughs> Heaven and earth overlapping. It's okay. He's usually, he, I mean, he's so good because it's so hard to tell. I don't give him any cues. He has to completely guess when to put it up there. So that wasn't really fair on my part. So didn't mean to throw you under the bus. We'll, we'll say it was Duke that did that. All right, Jesus is heaven and earth overlapping. Jesus being born a human being is again this cosmically scaled event that happened very quietly. Was heaven erupting onto earth? And we've said this before, the e eruption not as, not an ER eruption where something is coming from within, earth didn't produce Jesus, but the IRR eruption of something coming from outside of itself. This is, this is how the kingdom began in the birth of Jesus, that heaven began to erupt onto earth through Jesus, who is here to launch the kingdom in some ways by becoming human and in some ways by dying for the citizens of the kingdom on the cross and then being raised back to life. It's eternal life becoming temporal in some ways. Jesus grows up in a very ordinary life. We don't know much about his early days. We know that he began his public ministry around 30-ish. We know that the scale and intensity of his life and his mission became larger and larger and more and more intense. There was like this, this building of momentum over his three years of ministry toward a very important moment at the end where he offers himself as a sacrifice for all the sins of humanity. 
He was resurrected back to life three days later. He ascended back to heaven. And he took his seat on the throne. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to empower the apostles. And then through them, us, to continue to build his kingdom. To spread his kingdom through the good news of Jesus and what he's done for us. That is the soft launch of the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus descending as a baby to earth, carrying out his mission, and then ascending back to heaven. Now, the hard launch, Jesus will descend not as a baby, but as a king the second time. So Advent, we look back to the first, the soft launch, and we look forward to the hard launch when Jesus comes back as a king. So he descends from heaven again, but this time he won't be ascending back to heaven because this time he's bringing heaven with him. And if the soft launch was heaven and earth overlapping in the birth of Christ, the hard launch will be Jesus completely unifying heaven and earth and all of creation in Jesus. This is a little bit shorter message today just because some of us have ants in our pants and also there are kids in the room and so I'm going to make it a little bit shorter. I began this teaching talking about November 11, 2018, which is a soft launch of this church and I'll end by talking about November 18, 2018. That was the hard launch of Southside Community Church. And I will never forget that day. I remember some of us were, were asking, you know, throughout the week, how many people do you think are going to be there? Do you think the power's going to go out? Like, <clears throat> what's the worst type of, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's, what's this actually going to look like? Is it just going to be us and like five other people? Is it going to be really awkward? I remember that day when we launched, we got together and we prayed beforehand And people just started walking in. Everyone was in their positions. I remember just looking at everybody. And like we were so excited seeing this room swell with people. And afterwards, just talking about God's goodness, his faithfulness, his kindness to let us be a part of something like this. The fact that, you know, we don't have to be anxious about building his church because Jesus committed to doing that. And if he wants us to be part of it, then he will. I mean, we were prepared if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But to see that God was working through us, it was just such an amazing thing. And I remember thinking back to all of the sacrifices and the pain and the time and sometimes literally blood, sweat, and tears that went into preparing ourselves to plant this church and thinking, man, it was all worth it. All of the suffering, all the heartache, all the frustration, it was all worth it. All the not knowing, all the having faith that Jesus would build his church, that people would show up but not knowing, it was all so worth it. And it gave us a tiny little perspective of enduring the unknown, the suffering, the chaos that we experience now. In this time between the soft launch and the hard launch of the kingdom of God. This tiny little perspective of being able to look forward to that day when we'll be able to say, 
The sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is revealed to us in this moment when Jesus returns. In every affliction, every suffering that we have now will seem light compared to the glory we'll experience on that day. So if you're looking for something to put your hope in today, you can put your hope in that. That Jesus called Emmanuel, which means God with us, came to earth and launched his kingdom. And that one day he's coming back to bring it to completion for all of eternity. And that is the one thing. Jesus is the one thing. The kingdom of God is the one thing. The love of the Father and the power of the Spirit to hold us until that day is the one thing we can put our hope in that will never disappoint, that will never let us down. That's Advent. Remembering and looking forward to that day. And let's pray. Thank you for listening. Check out our website at southsideworcester.com.